Welcome to Because That's What Heroes Do, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm back with Megan Doherty to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We are doing Loki Season 2. It is a rollicking, great show, lots of action, some fabulous sci-fi. Of course, Loki the Trickster and Tom Hiddleston, the actor who plays him in all his glory. Owen Wilson also co-stars, and the repartee between the two of them is first rate. I know you'll enjoy Megan and my exploration of Loki Season 2. Take up the show from several angles. From the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you will enjoy our exploration of Loki Season 2. The award-winning Because That's What Heroes Do is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. We ended season one with Loki and Sylvie at the office or the citadel of the end of time with he who remains. He had offered them a choice, kill him and risk another multiverse war or replace him in overseeing the TVA to create a singular timeline. Sylvia killed him, but, um, and then she and Loki kissed, but then she sent Loki back to the TVA headquarters, ultimately unleashing a multiverse with alternative timelines that the TVA cannot prune. At the TVA headquarters, Loki Loki warned Mobius and B-15 about he who remains variants, but they do not recognize him as and Loki sees that a statue of one of the variants has replaced the statue of the timekeepers. So that was the end of season one. We begin season two with the TVA attempting to apprehend Loki while he is uncontrollably warping across time in their headquarters. In the present, Loki reunites with Mobius and warns him of the threat posed by the many variants of He Who Remains, the TVA's creator. Concurrently, TVA General Docs has several TVA hunters arm themselves ostensibly to find Sylvie, who has caused the sacred timeline to branch after killing he who remains. Loki and Mobius meet TVA technician Auroboros, or OB, who deduces that Loki is time-slipping, a phenomenon possibly caused by branching timelines dangerously overloaded from the temporal loom. To save Loki, Obi instructs Mobius to approach the temporal loom with a temporal aura extractor device to extract Loki at the same time stream as Loki prunes himself. Loki time slips into the future where the TVA is being evacuated as the loom goes critical. He encounters Sylvie before he is pruned by someone at the last minute. In the present, Mobius successfully pulls Loki back from the time stream and they set out to find Sylvie. In mid-credits, Sylvie enters a branch timeline in Broxton, Oklahoma, and visits a McDonald's restaurant. And now, a few words from Megan Doherty. Megan, I'm not really sure where to begin with episode one. 
I think we both had to watch it twice. What did you think of episode one? How did you feel or not? I have one major takeaway, and that is that Obi Ouroboros must be protected at all costs. And if anything happens to him, I quit. I'm not watching anymore. He's the best. I like him a lot. So clearly for me as well, the top <laughs> development in episode one was meeting Ouroboros or, as you said, Obi. Obi is one of those characters who lives in the bottom of the building. Think Q from James Bond and every variant of Q. And the, as I recall, when he went, Mobius and Loki went down to see him, Obi says, Mobius, it's great. I saw you 100 years ago. That was his last visitor. But yeah, they don't let him out very often. But, of course, he's the repository of all knowledge and Mr. Fix-It. And just a classic, almost trope in science fiction and fantasy, but perfect. Just perfect. Absolutely. And the other thing that struck me is more in episode two that we'll get to was the witty repartee and obvious character affection that Loki and Mobius have for each other now. But that OB was able to tie into that almost immediately, episode one. And it was just, when you get three-way banter like that, you need to sit down and watch and listen, because <laughs> it doesn't come very often. But yeah. somehow, Loki is being sent back and forth through time in the TVA. And that's why they go down to the basement to meet OB, and he knows immediately what is happening. It's called time slipping. And once I got about the time they got to him, Megan and I realized this is great science fiction. And it, I don't want to say it borders on slapstick, but it's definitely comedic early on because Tom Hiddleston plays it for all it's worth. He is great with his facial expressions. He is Loki. It's Loki being time slipped, but the science fiction part of that, I really enjoyed it. It only got better and stronger for me throughout this episode. So how did you tie into this as to what ended in season one? I have a little difficulty keeping straight what is what. Time travel science fiction has never been my absolute favorite. And I know there are visual cues indicating where in the timeline you are, like things look different in what is the past of the TVA than the present TVA. And that they're like, I just find it really hard to keep it all straight. So what I really did enjoy that they brought into it was the way that they've really made it kind of law of this particular universe, that you can impact the present by acting in the past. And I think that was really important to do. I love the the conversation between Loki and Obi in the past that was translating directly to Obi and Mobius in the future. I thought that was a really elegant way of communicating that and helping them understand the time slippage. Yeah, it was all really interestingly done, but I found it, it there was so much going on at different times that I found it really hard to follow. <laughs> and I know that we had discovered at the end of the last season, we've got Kang, He Who Remains. Loki is sent back to the TVA. And then everything's different. And sometimes people know who he is and sometimes they don't. And that, that's kind of, I just, I watched and I enjoyed it, but I really don't know what's happening. <laughs> so the, I really like the idea of being sent to a different timeline in the future. 
where they don't know you or they do know you and you've said Mm -hmm. something that indicates that. I just enjoyed all of that. But with Obi, he, of course, not only diagnoses the problem, but he has a solution. And it involves help from Loki in the past. (laughs) With Loki in the past. uh, Exactly. And so that's where, to me, the science fiction really went to the the next level up, Mm -hmm. which was where he was going. So Mobius has to intervene with somehow machine creation from Obi, and he has to pick Loki off a timeline immediately as Loki prunes himself on this timeline. Very high risk for everyone involved. (laughs) Very high risk. And it's limited by uh, time because Mobius is outside the TVA and in a very hostile environment. Mm-hmm. So of course, this is when Loki is with Sylvie. Yeah, and I think I've been time slipped again. And yes, and yeah. he doesn't want to leave her. No, He's very taken with he her. Finally, found his soulmate and, and ripped away horribly. And I think <laughs> that Sylvie is a Loki variant. He's female, mm-hmm. which of course would make perfect sense because. Loki would only love himself. Oh, for those who know Loki, you know that's too true as well. And so we've got all that going on. And the story as it progresses, to me, just got more intense and better in a way that I was not expecting because the first half of this episode with a time slipping in it and being as befuddled as you were in watching episode one... I was thinking this was moving towards some sort of comedic ending, and that was not it at all. It's very serious. Uh, very serious. Did you have any thoughts on that part of the episode? It was uh, something that I thought was interesting. Were some of the new characters that were introduced? So people, the people in the war room, General Dax, I believe, taking this very seriously, and I found it hard to figure out who was. I guess, acting genuinely and who had what information about what was going on or if anyone had any information about what was going on. I'm sorry, I've got no idea. (laughs) I really thought watching the last season again would help me get less confused about this one. It did not. The bottom line is we have multiple timelines created by the kill of the death and that these multiple timelines, of course, are creating multiple variations for the multiple universe, multiverse. Mm. And Lokis are literally across the galaxy, both in time and space. A lot going on with that. The generals, they begin the debate, which continues a little bit in episode two, which is if we prune all of those timelines, how many billions of people do we kill? And is that what our legacy is going to be? So I thought that was an interesting discussion as well. Yeah, it is a really interesting discussion. That's one of the things I I thought about was if, is a variant real? (laughs) Yeah, I I thought it was just an interesting kind of way to play with. What is the moral fallout of maintaining the universe? If you have to kill a bunch of people to do it, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's clear what the outcome of not doing anything would be. Yes. So at the end, we have Mobius is able to save Loki, and then Ob is able, or I guess 
Loki, in the way he is slingshotted back to the, the present of this episode, hits Mobius, knocks him inside, back inside the TVA, and that saves him from his own expert from the non-breathable atmosphere that they're in. And the really the nice end, moment. A really nice moment. <laughs> so I guess for our listeners who have not seen this episode, I will just end by saying this really was some of the best science fiction I'd seen. And yes, you may be a little confused, but once you realize Loki is traveling through time, it does not appear that he is doing this of his own free will. He's being shot back and forth or time slipped. I just love those stories. And if you are interested in time travel at all or a story about time travel, I don't think you can do much better than episode one of Loki season two. And it is beautiful. And it is surprisingly funny. I think all of the characters have really come into their own. And as you mentioned, Tom, their chemistry together is marvelous. And they're all just independently really funny. I think this is probably a good way or a good place for us to end uh, our review of episode one. So I'm Tom Fox. And I'm Megan Doherty. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Because That's What Heroes Do. I hope you'll join Megan and I as we explore all six episodes of Loki Season 2.